Okay, GM, G-A-G-N-G, whatever suffix you prefer. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. My name is David. I am here with Neo Protocol and some incredible guests to discuss all things Web3 gaming on Neo. Uh, we're just going to get our speakers lined up. We're going to get them in, get them their speaking positions, and then we're going to kick it off. We do have some community questions which came through Twitter. Thank you so much if you're one of the incredible community members that threw a question on there. If not, don't worry. You're still just as incredible in my eyes. Uh, the tone of today is super relaxed, super laid back. We're just going to sit and chill for 45 minutes, an hour, however long we feel, and talk about all things Web3 and the largest um, entertainment form in the world, which is gaming. So that's enough from me. I would love to invite our speakers, Sasha from Human Guild, Lisa from Armored Kingdom, and Vivi from Octopus Network to jump in, give themselves a quick introduction, uh, a quick introduction about the project that they represent. And I know that sometimes we do end up with cross wires here. So I am just going to ask you if you can jump in in the order that is on my mobile phone screen right now. So that would be Sasha, Vivi, and Lisa. Cool. This is uh, Sasha from Human Guild. At Human Guild, we are incubating a lot of uh, projects that make you build on here and uh, have been focusing on gaming quite a bit since uh, probably summertime of last year. That's a very short introduction. <laughs> um, hi, I'm uh, Lisa Skarbakov. I am um, with Armored Kingdom. I'm also I'm Mila Kunis's producing partner, so we make traditional film and TV. Jumped into Web3 just a little over a year ago with Stoner Cats, followed it up with the gimmicks, and now jumping in on gaming woo, uh, with Armor Kingdom, which is kind of our total love. Hello, everyone. Uh, hello, David, um, Sasha, and Lisa. Very happy to see all of you here again. Um, my name is Vivi. I'm partner of Artbooks Network. So um, I'm going to, like, everyone's introduction is super brief. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit time to just give you a, a, a quick introduction of Octopus Network. Um, it's a near-based multi-chain network for launching and running substrate-based EVM-compatible app chains. So the idea of an app chain, I know that it could sound technical, but it's really not. It's really to serve one application with one independent blockchain. And so since we are on the topic of gaming today, you know, I just want to point out that um, Autobus Network's EVM compatible app chains dedicated transaction processing um, capacity really allows it to achieve like 10, 1,000 transactions every second with very fast finality. So really that means if you are building a game and, and you have like a, a lot of users, your, your game tames off and... Uh, having a dedicated app chain could really process tens of millions of transactions per day to support blockchain games with millions of daily users. Okay, back Great. to you, David. Thank <laughs> you so much. Um, Sasha, for those who didn't tune in, as crazy as they might be, to our uh, panel on Web3 Gaming last week, can you comment a little bit more about what Armored, uh, what Human Guild is? Yes, yeah, so it's uh, guilt uh, in your um, ecosystem, but you can think of it as a community of founders. So we focus on founders helping founders figuring out how to become successful uh, in Web3 gaming space, uh, be it go to market, be it token economics. Apologies, I have a siren. It will be gone soon. 
uh, be it token economics, be it go to market native in Web3 way, be it uh, how to create a fun game, the most important thing. Um, and, and so we're like helping uh, founders in the space as well as we have a small grant program as well, but we really don't emphasize it because m money is, is just a small part of the success, I feel like. Absolutely. And it sounds like that sounds like that's Ubisoft and Rockstar coming for you guys right now. So you don't take that throne. Um, Lisa, you mentioned you were already in crypto with uh, Stoner Cats before. And now you're here, you're building on Nia with Armored Kingdom. Can we get a quick rundown on Armored Kingdom? Can we get the elevator pitch? I think you're on mute, uh, Lisa. Oh my gosh, but I was I was like so talking <laughs> well there, guys. You wouldn't have believed it. Um, no, Armor Kingdom is a um, a multimedia uh, IP platform situation. So we're making both um, traditional kind of animation that you'll see in your traditional uh, places. We're making comic books, which are already out and available that are being minted on Near, but you can also just read them on our website if you just want to start getting immersed. But um, we're minting each issue about every four to six weeks. Um, and we are building um, a, a um, TCG, so a really great um, NFT-enabled TCG that has some new elements to it that I don't think we've really quite seen before. That it feels, it's got a little bit more of a feel that's like an RPG feel, so you really do feel like you're standing in the middle of that game character while playing these cards, when the cards will be, you know, obviously um, NFTs and all the great things that that enables us to do. All the kind of real-world mimicking plus making it better that NFTs allow. Um, and then in addition to that, we're also building um, a tabletop RPG for just fun, just for everybody to come in and like play and immerse themselves in the world and, and nerd out on some um, fun, um, you know, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons kinds of nights with um, in the Armored Kingdom universe. Brilliant. Thank you all so much for such incredible introductions. Um, I think we'll just kick it off. And I've got to admit that this first question is a bit self-indulgent because I wanted to hear more about it. If you tuned into our Web3 um, gaming panel with Nia last week on Nia's YouTube, you will have heard the wonderful Lisa Sturbakov mention um, a very real incident that happened to Lisa in which she saw firsthand the perception change from her partner who worked in the gaming industry, if I remember correctly. Now, Lisa... Do you think that shift is pertinent throughout the gaming industry? Is it something that we can feel today, or is it more a matter of time, or is it perhaps the inverse? Are we all are they all stuck in their ways for now? I mean, I, I, it feels impossible that it's not going to happen. Um, do I think that it's going? That I, do I think we're there yet? No, of course not. I still think that the traditional gaming outlets are very anti-NFT. And they just hear the noise. They hear the noise about it being not green. They hear the noise about things being, um, you know, scams and people getting taken advantage of. Like that's the noise that, that everybody is sort of in the in the way of making this all happen for us. But I think like my brother works for a major gaming studio. My husband was a game journalist for years. He he hosted the Activision podcast for years. Um, when I just you know when we just step-by-step step talk about how, you know, if you play your real game, play Magic the Gathering physically, and you have a physical card and you can buy and you can sell and you can trade that card, um, Web3 allows you to do that in a digital space, which, and we haven't been able to do that before. And, you know, there's always like that, um, the golden carrot that we all kind of look at of that cross-platform um, assets where we can take our assets from one place to another. And I really deeply hope that we get to that point. 
Um, but I do think, I think you're exactly right. It, it, it's going to take some time. I, I think like with any new technology, people get stuck in their ways and they are afraid of being taken advantage of. I think that that's the big hurdle right now is that they feel like when they've seen NFTs, they've seen this kind of cash grabby sort of feel. People have already paid a lot of money for the game and now in the game, they have to buy more stuff. And I think that that probably feels pretty awful. Um, but if we are doing it where it's designed from the ground up to be Web3, where the economics for them aren't any different than playing a regular game, I, I, there, it just it just is only a matter of time to me. It's only a matter of time, a matter of education and a matter of building a game that people love. For sure. Sasha, Vivi, is there anything that you guys want to add on that excellent answer? Yeah, I think uh, it kind of what comes to mind is uh, people who worked in a particular areas, uh, they they came to crypto earlier. It's not just Web3 gaming specific, it's just Web3 um, generally. Like if you think about like Ryan Armstrong who started Coinbase or Kasif Qureshi who works in Dragonfly Capital, they both worked uh, inside of Airbnb working on payments and they saw firsthand how trying to integrate a couple uh, dozens or like hundred plus, sorry, countries together uh, and all of their backends just doesn't make sense. And then they saw uh, Web3 coming out and they're like, oh, okay, like <laughs> this is like definitely a lot better um, model to build upon. And so similarly uh, here is like, if you play t trading card games offline, online, and then seeing Web3, you can like com compare and see it. Very intuitive for you that this is a future, but I think for like George of, of, of the world, uh, it, it will take many years uh, to get there. And, and I think we are, I also agree, we're not ready. Um, so it's very early days. Yeah, I also want to echo what Lisa had said. Um, I think really a lot of resist, uh, resilience that we, we've seen from the uh, from people who play traditional games are really about the, the worried of scams and also the upfront fees, right? You need to buy NFTs to, to get in and everything. So, but I think we're seeing some really good trends here like AC's um, origin and they're really removing the uh, upfront fees and change the tokenomics and the models and everything. So, so I, I think that we are onto something positive here. Absolutely. I think, you know, we could really get lost down that rabbit hole for, for days and days and weeks and weeks. But I'd like to turn it over to, to a bit more of a broader question right now. Why would I, as a gamer, decide to play a blockchain-based game rather than a regular game? I think one is what Alyssa mentioned, opportunity for people like an offline world playing Magic the Gathering opportunity to do peer-to-peer -peer trading so people can actually uh, trade with each other. Economies can be a lot richer, but I think it's early days also. It's like not enough good content out there yet. And another thing you can actually uh, sell all of your items and move on if you're done playing as opposed to kind of like lost all of your uh, invested money in digital assets and, and, and have to move on without being able to recoup it. So I think some some of those values are useful, but 
I think we'll also see more what we need to games and those will be fun by themselves. But because of the virtue of them being very different from what we've saw so far. I think it boils down to ownership. Um, obviously, we, we all know that um, blockchain enables players to to truly own their in-game assets. And I just remember this story from um, from Vitalik. He he like he used to share this story, and he said he created Ethereum after his beloved um, World of Warcraft character was weakened by the developers. So like it really makes him realize the horrors centralized services can bring. So I think uh, with NFTs and obviously uh, the idea of decentralization, players can truly enjoy the rights of their properties in the games. And obviously, like Sasha said, the um, interoperability and, and, and composability, obviously we're still um, in an early stage, but I think um, the blockchain technology has the potential to, to allow gamers to interact across various ecosystems. And I think really that's the, um, really the beauty that, um, that blockchain games could, and, and the value that it, it, could, it could bring um, that traditional games that don't have. I, I totally, totally agree with, with both Sasha and Baby about this. I, you know, we played a lot of World of Warcraft, and so we, we go back to, like, in our perfect world, we play a lot of Magic and a lot of the World of Warcraft, we're just, like, you know, it's, it's great. Um, but we go back to, like, my husband was the best player, and so he would go, and we have this joke, like, uh, for Mila's birthday one year, he gave her 500 gold. Like, he literally just went in and, like, grounded out, got 500 gold, she wanted to buy her mount, and he, that was, like, his, her, his birthday gift to her. And the, if there's a way that we can enable that kind of process to be easier, and also like, you know, as you're leveling up in a game, your bags in game just become useless and they sit there. And the ability to be actually be able to sell those things, I, like that would, that is a really exciting thing for me as a gamer. I, I do it with my magic cards all the time. Um, I buy and sell and trade magic cards kind of on a regular basis. I'm older now, I have kids, not as much. But in our, you know, younger times, like that, that's part of the fun, that's part of the fun of this is, you know, buying, selling, and trading the, the things that you want to own to play the game that you want to play. Oh, and also one thing I want to add about, you know, with the advent of um, gaming guilds and DAOs, and players can also play an active role, um, like participating in voting, et cetera, to decide the direction of the game, so, which is something also new compared to traditional games. Yeah, for sure. I mean... That that's such a great point, Vivian, and it actually ties in with with Lisa as well. I mean, do you think that we would have seen the changes that were made in World of Warcraft Shadowlands, for instance, if the community could have voted on it and said, "Hey, you know, I'm a big player. I have a stake in this game. Perhaps I don't want it to go this direction." Perhaps we wouldn't, and perhaps they wouldn't be suffering the the losses in players that they've they've seen to this day. Um, but there's certainly you know a lot of experimentation around that. Well, I mean, I think that's actually what's really fun about Web3 right now is the experimentation. That's, I think that's exactly right. And, and you know, we talk about this a lot in, in content creation, which is like, are more voices better or do more voices just dilute vision? So finding the balance of making sure that the vision doesn't get diluted and that the project itself become, is really like 
smartly focused on what it should be. Like, you know, if I, if I look at Stoner Cats, you know, we've got, I've got creators there who have a real vision for what that show is. And they do take, but they absolutely take in the community input because the community is there, they're talking, they're hearing, they're, they're being able to give feedback while the thing is being built. Like part of, part of the product of, of an NFT, part of what you're buying is the experience of being part of the building. And I think that that's, that's finding the perfect balance there of building out in the open, letting people see what you're doing, being part of those choices without losing the plot. Because I think that can be really easy to just hear a lot of noise. Because, you know, NFT Twitter, you guys, it's rough out there. And to be able to sort through what is like really um, incredibly valuable feedback and what is actually just noise, that's an interesting balance. And when you're talking about games, there are different kinds of players who like different kinds of things. So I love, you know, we, we, um, we're spending a lot of time thinking about how can the community be engaged, imp help us improve our game, um, and also where we can make sure that we're still building at like a speed and a quality that makes us feel um, like we're putting out the best product. And it's a balancing act. For sure, for sure. And I think um, I think this next question is, is super exciting because I think we've got such an incredible panel today. We've got Lisa, you and your team are, are actually out there building a game, which is incredible in and of itself. Vivi, Octopus Network are doing such incredible jobs laying down that infrastructure to ensure that when a game achieves the success that we all think it will, it has the throughput to be able to do that. And Sasha, you know, without the Human Guild, we wouldn't have half the games that we have on Nier right now. So you're really enabling builders to build. So that leads me into my next question. And I'm excited because I think we're going to get such a, such a range of answers here. Can each of you share some insights into what you think the next wave of Web3 gaming builders should be focusing on? And is there any top tips that you can provide for ensuring success? Yeah, I think one thing that comes to mind is uh, building uh, projects uh, incrementally and with the community. That's something that, uh, in my experience, is was a bit counterintuitive for both independent game developers and game studios. For independent game developer, they tend to be highly creative. They don't want to have additional pressure. They already kind of pressure themselves. And idea of uh, having community before something exists is just terrifying to them. It's like additional pressure. Like, why would I ever do this? And for the game studios, oftentimes, it's also counterintuitive to think about building community before something exists because the marketing is well understood and it happens much later. You kind of like spend $3, you get a, a player. But uh, here, you kind of need to do it incrementally and with the community. And I think it's one of the most important things uh, to do uh, early on. Uh, how it can benefit uh, uh, creators and game developers. Uh, in, in, in one uh, instance, actually, a good example comes to mind. Shroom Kingdom is uh, built uh, by this one uh, solo game developer. It's a 2D uh, platformer with user-generated content. So people can create levels, not just play levels, but create levels similar to uh, Mario Maker, and so Mario, he built games before, and he already had um, a bigger community already to begin with in his Discord, and he actually came out uh, there saying that, here's what I'm building, it will take a while, by the way, I'm a lone developer, I need a lot of help, and so 
he had quite a few people volunteering to help with content, to help with being Discord moderator, even uh, software engineers volunteered to help out uh, in building the game. So I think this is the kind of right approach. Not only you can uh, build it incrementally with the community, but you can like literally ask community for help uh, and get it uh, from it potentially. So that, that's some something that's underexplored and very exciting, I think, for game developers. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, it's interesting because I, re I really would love for the whole entire ecosystem to build better tools for ease of use on, on the fiat front. Um, I know that like all, all maxis want to, you, you know, en enjoy kind of playing in, in crypto, but a regular consumer, the better that we can get, and like we're talking about mass adoption. I need a, like for, to, to provide a normal consumer an easy fiat on ramp, no matter where they are. Um, you know, these things are really still so, so sticky um, and you get, and people get stuck. You know, we've seen it with all of our mints where people have just not been able to quickly enough be able to get whatever currency it is that we were, that we were dropping in. Um, and that, that was an, that was an issue for us. And so if we're talking about really bringing in all of the, the world, and particularly if we're talking about like younger people game, and I don't know how parents are going to really enjoy having their, you know, 14, 15, 16 year olds participating in something that really is related to cryptocurrency right at this moment. At some point, we need to be able to have games that exist on chain where we have easy to use fiat on ramps where people aren't having to deal with the kind of the, the, both the like, what they consider to be ethical, although I do not, they consider to be ethical and tax, um, you know, issues. Those those issues are can be really overwhelming for people. Well, I think uh, Lisa and Sasha have like already, um, you know, share very very good insights in in terms of game developers and and builders. And I think from um, from my perspective, I think it really requires several trans transitions. Um, in terms of uh, approaches and models, um, for example, I think you know we're talking about GameFi 1.0 play to earn. Obviously, it's not sustainable, and I think um, game builders now might need to use gaming first approach, which focuses on um, gameplay and user experience rather than um, the current approach of establishing a game economy first and then building game elements around it. So um, that's why we think. Is um, it really makes a lot of sense to have a dedicated blockchain for your game, for example, so that you could customize your performance, governance, and everything you need to give your users the best that you deserve. So that's exactly what we do at Autobus Network, actually, to help um, game prime projects bootstrap your own app chain based on uh, Near, obviously. And if you're doing exactly that, and I, I think you might want to check out um, Autobus Network or Autobus Accelerator. So I think. Um, in order for the next wave of Web3 game to succeed, really, um, you know, think about the opportunity of, for example, Metaverse, um, what it could offer for game builders. Um, it would really depends on how much people are engaged in the games um, so as they can spend more time in those virtual worlds and and they are willing to to play the games even if, like, the... the the, the prices and 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 market conditions are not 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 good. So so I think to to be really engaging in everything, and we need to sort out the infrastructure. And that is that's that's um, from from my perspective because I think that is what we see. Um, the infrastructure infrastructure level 
has to um, has to be improved. Some brilliant advice out there for everybody who wants to be a budding Web3 gaming developer slash team. Thank you all so much. That was incredible. Now, this next part I have to do. In fact, let me rephrase it. I want to do because Neocon is back this year and it's bigger than ever with 2,000 plus attendees in Lisbon, Portugal, September 11th to 14th. If you're listening and you haven't got your ticket yet, it's not too late. You can grab it on neocon.org. But what I would like to ask each of you is, are you guys planning on attending? And if so, what are your plans? I know there is some incredible gaming focused events at Neocon this year. Yeah, definitely uh, come in this time around for the whole week. Last last year, I made a mistake and just stayed there for three days. Uh, it was, generally speaking, lar largely positive experience. Um, we're going to have gaming arcades, so it will be inside of uh, inside of the New York convention. It will be opportunity for people to try out different games that do have playable versions released by the time of the New York Con. It will be uh, 20 or so options uh, to play. Uh, so that's um, important one. We're going to have a couple side events as well. Uh, there will be uh, events together with a couple DJs, musicians from in your ecosystem, Clarion and Vandal and Jeff. Uh, we're going to be doing an event on uh, the 11th of September. And um, yeah, if, if somebody wants to learn more about this event, you can go to newyorkon.org and there is a link there to side events. Uh, so that's, I think, also important one to remember as you're planning your trip. Yeah, I, um, by the way, I'm so excited about that arcade. Cannot wait. Um, I will be there. We're bringing um, our incredible um, community lead, Jess, who's way more than just a community lead, by the way. If you guys don't know him, you should. He's amazing. Um, as well as Lindsay McInerney, who is our um, kind of tech build side, and Deuce Jermakov, who is also my husband, who is the writer-creator of Army Kingdom. Um, so we're going, we're so excited, um, you know, a couple things been sort of in mind of what we want to do, but we will be doing an event um, where, you know, there's like hackathons and, you know, most of the communities could be used to that. We're going to do something called a story hackathon, which is we're going to um, write a story together with the audience that we will turn into a comic book and release and mint as a, as a comic. So we're going to, with the kind of characters that are created in the Armored Kingdom universe, Everybody in the audience will be having to throw out their ideas. We'll, you know, you guys want to write a romantic comedy in, in Armored Kingdom Universe? Fuck yeah, let's do it. So um, the same way that we sell, or that, sell that, we, that we write any sort of other story, which is, um, you know, with a structure, with a map, you'll realize that there's so much math to storytelling. We're going to lift all the entire veil on that, show you all the math, come in, write a story with us, and we will turn it into a comic. Sounds really exciting. Um, I can't wait for the story hackathon and also the music event from Sasha's. Um, we obviously have a, a, a lot going on as well. Um, we have uh, a team flying all around the world to Lisbon. And um, so, so our team would have obviously um, an octopus booth and, and side event and also party during the Neocon. Also on the September the 11th, um, please mark the day uh, because we really have a very interesting side event and also the party on the Navio Opera ship, which is one of the biggest boats on the uh, Tagus River. So uh, we'll have the, um, well, obviously we'll have an, a, a side event with our colleagues and autopers and, and also um, with 
the our app chains um, built on Otterpur's ecosystem, um, uh, including DIP, uh, Tocher, etc. And and they were going to discuss the uh, the topic of use cases, adoption, and also the latest development. Uh, but you know, there there will be drinks, snacks, and also delicious dinner prepared by. I, I heard there will be well-known chef uh, from the region. So really come and join us. Um, and I, I think just imagine how cozy it will be by the river in a boat. And you guys, you know, all of the innovators and builders of Web3 could get together, bounce ideas, and just relax and support each other. And so come and join us. And, and also like the app chains in the uh, built on the Autopus ecosystem and obviously also on, on Near. Like for example, like Atocha, which is a puzzle game app chain, uh, live on Autopus Network, and they will have a treasure hunt throughout the Neocon uh, with a grand prize of $8,000. And also Marriott, a decentralized social network, they're also going to have a Metaverse event on Marriott.town. So all this information you can you can you can follow uh, Autopus Network's Twitter, and we'll we'll um, announce a lot of more details there. Absolutely brilliant. You all heard it here first. How much fun is Neocon going to be? If you want to play the hottest Web3 games on Neo, you can head over and join Sasha at the Gaming Lounge at Neocon this year, September 11th to 14th in Lisbon. If you want to kick back on a boat, sounds like in eating incredible food, right? With the Octopus Network team and community. Definitely. You can absolutely do that. And... If you want to join a story hackathon, if this is the first I've ever heard around the world. I don't know if it's done before, but it sounds like it's going to be incredible and we're going to write something brilliant and we're going to do it together. So you guys have made me more hyped than I have been all year and that is a very difficult task to do. So well done. Um, thank you all so much for that. I would like to roll over into our community questions section. So with our panel that we hosted last week, we did get some questions through. We got some questions through on Twitter as well. If anybody has any questions that they want to ask, just feel free to reply to the most recent retweet from Neo Protocol, which is this Twitter spaces, and we'll see if we can get them squeezed in. But the first question comes from a wonderful community member through the town uh, hall panel that we hosted last week. And perhaps, Sasha, this is most pertinent to you. I'm not sure what platforms you are using to build out the trading card game, Lisa, but this user was wondering if any of the panelists could comment on if or how you're approaching Unity or Unreal when it comes to web3 integration with these guys i believe there's something uh, related to near in that yeah so in our case uh, we have been focusing on sdks being developed so people can use uh, those like as in like integrations with game engines to be used uh, by others um, but uh, so far we have had godot as a sdk that anybody can use it's mostly for independent game developers um for Unity and Unreal, we have multiple teams working on both integrations, but we don't quite have packaged SDK yet available for other developers to use. But uh, yeah, people people use Unity and Unreal, both actually Unreal 4 and Unreal 5. Unreal 5 was recently released, um, and uh, 
the way to do that, they actually have to uh, build up uh, integration with the game engine and uh, NER. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're building our game in Unreal, um, which, uh, I, you know, I don't do any of that. Uh, but I do know that that's what's happening because I'm on those meetings going and, and then I ask a lot of questions. Um, but uh, yeah, I know. Um, but we are, we're building in Unreal and um, our, the rest of our team can probably speak a lot better than that. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much. I think uh, I think those are valuable answers. I'm excited to to hear a little bit more about those SDKs when they get a bit fleshed out. So thank you so much for that. The next question came from the same wonderful community member, and this is, I think, quite a brilliant question because it had me pondering too. Besides the fact that you have an NFT that represents an in-game asset, what other kind of use cases can you guys see? for Web3 in the gaming industry today? Yeah, I think people normally start with NFTs. That's uh, kind of where people start usually. Uh, that's the most intuitive place to start with. But what we see is that when people spend more time experimenting in the space, uh, it, it's not just you think about it, you probably you want to kind of like build up a couple prototypes and, and see what makes sense. Then people start thinking over time about more complex like we call it Web3 native gaming use case, very early days for that. Uh, nobody knows the answers yet for, for, for those, but some things that people are excited about are, for example, some of the games of 2000s and 2010s, uh, uh, the web-based games, uh, they actually disappeared um, as game studios uh, went bankrupt or shifted focus. Uh, Web3 uh, provides opportunity for games to exist um, uh, forever as long as there are community members who are willing to essentially support the infrastructure running this game. So one of those use cases is more infrastructure related, but this idea of uh, games can exist forever as long as there are people interested in this. Uh, that's number one. Number two, some people interested in governance games. So for example, if you can play chess with Gary Kasparov, but as a part of DAO, as a group of people making decisions, that can be applied also, governance can be applied for all kinds of um, uh, all kinds of creative pursuits, also such as like maybe maybe you do some something within the game, um, creative with the game. We saw it with loot on Ethereum, um, where people were building up many different stories and many different lores uh, for for the game. That was uh, very early. Uh, so that's another good use of like Web3 uh, gaming. Um, it's it's community-inspired innovation, community-inspired creativity. Um, what would be some other ones? Another important one is user-generated content and being able to monetize user-generated content. So the holy grail of, of crypto is to have something like Roblox or Minecraft where creativity is unleashed, but also the economics going back to creators. So that's something that did not happen yet in, in uh, on the internet uh, as much, but um, you, you can see it. Here in gaming, it happens from time to time when people use user-generated components as part of the games. For example, Shroom Kingdom I referenced earlier, where you can create levels, not just play levels. Uh, but you can also think more broadly about user-generated content is the assets inside of games. It's land, characters, levels. Um, those could be also produced by somebody from within the community and uh, monetized. So those are some of the examples of Web3 native games. but. I can think of more probably. I just need to think more about it, but I'll let others uh, come up with examples. 
I mean, we should all just listen to Sasha, I think, is the answer here. Um, totally agreed. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we certainly look at, like, the things that we want to do in our games, you know, updating updating the NFT so that, so that the amount of play that a person, you know, plays with their pieces goes with them so that when they sell it, they've actually, you know, increased their the, the stats on their game pieces and they get to sell it. I mean, you know, things like that. But I think, Sasha, you're so far advanced, I think, um, at least for me, on, um, on what is even possible. And I'm excited to see what more people, what really smart, amazing people make with this. Yeah, I think Sasha has already like really given us a really good um, picture there. I, I think from from what I see, it an NFT really is more than just an asset, right? It has many more applications and functionalities, and and so I think really the possibilities are endless. Um, like for example, you could you could stake game tokens or or NFTs to upgrade special items or, or increase character levels and. And um, it could be an identity, and even as an asset, there are many types of assets and tools that you could develop or explore. And um, it could be used as a ticket or qualification for entering a game or metaverse. And it could be uh, something as a tool for social and everything. I, I think just like uh, there's so much room to explore. Yeah, and going back really quickly to something Sasha said about you know people's ability to kind of make to make money from from you know a crypto project, I think the technology is more advanced than the regulation. And I like I'm the only I feel like I'm the only person who's kind of constantly yelling this, but I'm constantly yelling this. Um, if you're a U.S. based creator and you're trying to to um, you need the, there's a lot of considerations in terms of regulation, both in in gaming with the gambling regula regulations and as well as securities. Um, you know considerations so people have to be incredibly careful even though the um the technology will allow for it that doesn't necessarily mean that we um always can do the things that we might want to do yeah absolutely i think all of those are brilliant points sasha thank you so much for winning those up and it's incredible that you could have even more at your fingertips as well and i think we'll have to make time to dive into that a little bit deeper perhaps at Neocon this year. Um, this is another community question. I think it's brilliant because I never even considered it, but how do you think blockchain technology might change the gaming industry in the future from a gameplay perspective? So could Web3 and this ability to have true digital ownership of digital assets, could that create new genres that perhaps weren't possible before um, Web3? Yeah, I think so. It will be like more participatory, I think. Uh, so people will be able to uh, participate more in gameplay development or, um, but, but it's, I think, too early to tell exactly what would be the formation of the new genre. We, we saw it, yeah, with Play to Earn last year. There was a bit of a hype um there uh, with, with play to earn i think that one kind of creates a bit of a run incentives uh, like I, I heard a lot of people almost uh, almost saying like well when is the next game going out when can i start earning <laughs> that's definitely the i think the, the run approach to gaming gaming is a form of entertainment and people paid money for it for like decades um but i think in terms of like what would be the genre that will be like defined and coined uh, over time, it's, I think, too early to tell. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't think we know yet what's the, what is the thing that's going to kind of change everybody. Do I think that traditional studios will um, use blockchain tech, blockchain technology? Of course they will. I mean, like it seems, it seems very clear that they want to. Um, you know, are they going to are they going to push things as far as the current community would like them to push that in, in terms of giving um, put, putting the power in the hands of a community? No. I mean, I think we see that with any sort of major corporation is they don't do the things that we might want to do in terms of putting out power in the in the people's hands. Um, but, you know, we we all as consumers, um, we we vote with our pocketbook and we have the most power. Um, and and when we start seeing things that we really like and we start telling our friends about it and they tell their friends about it, suddenly we have a revolution. Um, I, I think if we zoom out a little bit to look at it, um, obviously nobody knows the future. I think, um, you know, like Sasha and Lisa, they're already like the experts in, 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 in the space. And, but if we, we would, you know, we are seeing something like small steps of innovation and, and really if to, um, for Game Five to go more mainstream, um, if we're talking about Game Five One Point Zero, which targets at um, crypto natives, so in order to go mainstream, I think um, Web Three game builders need to be patient and really focus on game first, money second, and really that means um, to build a great uh, addictive game like the traditional Web Two games, uh, and but quietly building all these exciting and innovative Web3 features into the back end of the game without making too much fuss about it. You know, like, it's a bit like Web3 innovation wrapped in the form of Web2. Um, actually, it's a lot like what Nier has been doing, right, with this great usability and very user-friendly. And so I think um, in, in terms of, like, design, like, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier that I, 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 we are seeing this, that some some signs of the industry moving away from play to earn and um, and we are expected to see more free to play with um, pay to earn pay, pay pay to win as a sustainable means of monetization instead of uh, play to earn obviously and also attracting talents from traditional gaming and um, and finally you know like like, like Lisa says uh, probably with that, we could we could really start a revolution and force the large uh, game studios to build blockchain games into their back ends, um, and one day, <laughs> hopefully soon. Yes, indeed, hopefully soon. Um, each of you are pretty prominent players in the near ecosystem, right? I, I know that you're all building incredible projects or building out incredible infrastructure or enabling incredible projects. So this is sort of, I guess this question has a bit of a wider scope. Sasha, in the town hall panel, you mentioned that when Nia set off to create the blockchain that it is today, one of the things that you guys did was consult with gaming companies who might have been apprehensive about building on chain in regards to usability and whatnot. So with that in mind, what do you think about the notion of a working group which aims to foster and promote GameFi on Nia? And how can we leverage that to get real feedback from gamers? And should it even be within the, the auspice of, of perhaps Nia Foundation or, or should it be Hume Guild's realm? 
Uh, I think working groups can work if they focus laser focus on, on use cases. So uh, as long as it's not more like standard uh, groups, uh, maybe I, maybe some people, other people more patient about it and maybe that can work out from the standards, standards group. But I think focusing on a couple use cases, like particular couple games and making usability um, like work on those, I think it could work as, as in like community coming together and deciding like what are the exact pieces missing still, which there are many. We mentioned a couple uh, today, um, like Fiat non ramps come come to mind definitely. Um, but I think it's it's possible, yeah, as long as the group is like laser focused on the use cases and there is clear owner for that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I totally agree on the 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 use case issue. So you know when we're I was I have found that in our couple of things that we have built in in Web three with, with the gimmicks, particularly with the gimmicks, we we did some some stuff that people hadn't done before, which was super fun, including this kind of on chain social layer and the, uh, like an on chain messaging system, and it was really us going, well, this could be fun, can we build that, and then asking if it could be built. So I think a lot of it from our point of view of being you know kind of primarily creatives, at least for me and Mila we're primarily creatives is we go like, what kind of, how would we want this to work in the world? And then go and ask and see if that could be built. And, and currently we're in the place where we want, we want more than, than we can build at the moment. And so um, being able to kind of bounty some of that out is exciting. Yeah, I think in terms of use case and, and actually an autopers, like the idea of app chain is application specific um, blockchain. So like which, focuses and specializes in application and, and use case. So um, also like um, in game five is really a, one of our priorities. And so we are, um, so the uh, accelerator that um, the Autopress accelerator, we actually um, really prioritize game five projects when it comes to grants and, and, and the real use cases are one of the important criteria that uh, when we choose uh, those projects that apply and so for example in the in the previous batches and we have um, portalverse a decentralized cloud uh, gaming real-time rendering network uh, which is really an important we, we we think is a really indispensable infrastructure for metaverse as a service so um, we are um, really giving them a lot of support and and uh, like I, I know that like Sasha's uh, human guilds also Doing uh, giving a lot of support to to all the games in the near ecosystem and Autopus is really um, doing this in in terms of on the infrastructure level. So um, we are supporting a lot of game fine projects and and also we we really think that um, game fine projects like they they need um, a lot of support, especially. Um, when you know the market conditions are not good and and everything is at early stages, so um, yeah, so we, we we do focus on um, projects that with real use cases with applications and and uh, we offer them all this infrastructure support and 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 grants and and all this ecosystem support. Really, guys, thank you all so much for your insights. I have. One final question before we move on to the very last 10 minutes of this Twitter Spaces. And it is around something which I think is so valuable in the world of Web3, especially when it comes to onboarding the next 1 billion users as we aim to do here at NIA. How would each of you approach educating 
non-crypto users about blockchain gaming? I think that's uh, I think it's a good question for everybody. But I think Lisa, with your you know relationship with your partner, who who managed to come to the other side, so to speak, I would love to hear everybody's comments on it. Sure. I mean, we we the, this is all we talk about right now, and we have not kind of opened up our marketing um, yet on Armor Kingdom. Um, and but but that is a huge chunk of what we're lining up. I mean, I think a lot of it is education through marketing, education through free gameplay, education through people getting to come in and experience it without putting any money in their pocket. So, you know, similarly with minting the first couple issues of Armored Kingdom, we we actually funded the the near in it, so they didn't have to go in um, in order to mint. They they didn't have to go and try to try to figure out how to get. All they had to do was open a wallet, and thankfully, like the near wallet's so easy. But that process made it super super easy. Um, but making it super easy, and then and then we're we are going to be opening up a marketing you know experience for Armored Kingdom that will feel much more like traditional marketing. Um, you're, you know, you'll in in terms of on the socials, on on you know paid paid ad space, on all all of that sort of um, that sort of place. And part of that marketing is going to have to be um, education on and and assuaging of concerns um, that people have on crypto. So I think half of it's going to be like let's talk about Armored Kingdom, and half of it's going to be like let's talk about um, what it's like to to participate in Web three. Yeah, I would say another important piece is uh, the, the most intuition people build uh, on the space when they try different applications, uh, including games. Like if you, if you like, for example, go to Awesome Near, um, search for Crypto Hero and try Crypto Hero as, as one game example of like early gaming ecosystem on Near, that will give you a lot more understanding, I think, as a, as a gamer of what's already there, what might be some challenges still, what's uh what um how, how does interaction work what's different between the traditional gaming and this kind of gaming but also the challenge here is that uh there are not that many use cases yet there there are not many games out but there are also by extension not many use cases live yet and um it got me even thinking about this earlier when i was uh, talking to one of the owners of the coffee shop in san francisco and they had an activation with solana pay actually where People got free ice cream and free NFT and got onboarded from the street onto Web3. But majority of the people who got onboarded there, I think it was like way more than 50% people asked, where do I sell this NFT to make some money? <laughs> because they heard of crypto, maybe there is some money there. And essentially, the moment people got onboarded into crypto, majority of them, the first thing they wanted to do is get offboarded from crypto, which is kind of like speaks to... Uh, just the lack of use cases yet for the general public. We have DeFi, and within it, we have multiple use cases. We have NFTs, and within it, kind of like it's building blocks, a lot, a lot of things people are experimenting with. We have gaming, we have DAOs, we have people starting to experiment with social, but I feel like it's still so early that we kind of need more use cases, and we need people to try those to then build intuition for what this whole like new world is all about. Yeah, I think apart from, um, you know, obviously education is key. So uh, just like what we're doing here, right, to, to talk to people um, and make them aware of what blockchain gaming is really about and 
and all of this and like Lisa mentioned all these marketing um, campaigns and everything we're obviously doing that uh, but on the other hand I think um, at Autopers and I, I think we focus on the infrastructure level uh, again so for for game builders I think like it's really important to um, to lower the entry and barriers for new users and so so that again, it 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 means um, better use experience and um, even new models. And so I think um, that is that is why we have also we have EVM and Substrate um, developer training, and we want to you know really help more people to to be on board of the space as um, builders, and then and also with. Uh, what Autopus offers, right? So to 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 build um, a, a blockchain, a dedicated blockchain for for one specific application, real use case. Um, so I think in this way, on the grassroots level, on on the infrastructure level, we could also help um, to lower the the, the uh, entry barrier for more people to to onboard the space. Yeah, I mean, we, we've taken a lot of learnings from both Stoner Cats and Gimmicks in, in terms of, you know, obviously Stoner Cats was, a, you know, it was a year ago, which feels like forever ago. But the only piece of, of so, the only piece of content that we put out that actually converted to people coming in and participating with the project were those videos with Vitalik. So what it showed us was that it was already existing crypto users who were coming in to play on Stoner Cats. It wasn't, we weren't getting as many kind of new people. and with the gimmicks, we kind of did the opposite and started putting things out in more traditional press, and we end up, ended up having really quite a few brand new users. What that meant was our mint time was challenging and a little bit longer because there was so much education to be done on, on that mint front. But it's still just a mat. It's still experimentation on where people, what will, what will people really convert to coming in and playing in the space. And... Um, and we're finding so far that uh, making things free and really low cost, make like taking the economics out of it has actually helped create communities and experiences that are based on use and fun rather than people trying to just kind of speculate on assets. Yeah, totally agree. I want to echo what Lisa says. And actually from the consumer's um, psych psychological um, perspective, people are, are afraid of new things, but um, they they would feel more comfortable to go into a place they feel familiar, but with some new excitement. So I think I think that comes back. I, I really agree with your point to use the traditional way of marketing in like uh, mainstream media and building the trust that they are accustomed to. Because if we use like the crypto native way and we attract, actually we attract crypto native audience. And if we want to bridge the gap and actually, obviously there's a lot of explore, um, exploration and but um, really giving them the use experience that they they are accustomed accustomed and they feel familiar with, I think that is really important. Absolutely, guys. I think you've all touched on some incredible points over there, and I think that there is still a long and arduous journey when it comes to educating the masses on the power and the benefits of Web3, but I have no doubt with incredible builders like you and an incredible community like every single person listening that we will achieve that goal. So with that, and with the final five minutes remaining of our wonderful Twitter spaces today, I would like to pass the mic once again 
over to each of our guests. But this time, there is no question, as we do at the end of every single Neo Protocol Twitter Spaces, I want to give you an opportunity to shill or to talk about anything you want in the entire world. It doesn't matter whether it is your favorite pet, your favorite family member, your favorite position to go to sleep in, your favorite cup of tea, the best way to make coffee, how to ride a skateboard, whatever it is, feel free to take the mic right now, crypto or otherwise, and speak away. Well, I think given the timing, uh, I would show Nyarkon, I think, uh, to reiterate what we discussed earlier um, in the Twitter spaces uh, today. Uh, it's coming up, it's very soon. It will be the second one in Nyar's history. It will be much bigger than the last one. It will be a lot of positive emotions. Um, so I, I recommend coming there for the whole week, actually, maybe from September 9 to 17, roughly, if you want to catch more of uh, people in action. But yeah, that'll be what I would show. <laughs> Awesome. Um, I'm going to jump in real quick. Somebody had asked a question about um, uh, the games <clears throat> for India. Our partner is um, is Graphic India. And so obviously <clears throat> we have a huge, uh, our, a lot of our art team is in India. It's a huge part of our focus. So just FYI, you're, you're, India is absolutely on our radar. Um, what do I want to shill? Um, uh, this is so, this is feels really selfish, but Mila and I have a movie coming out on um, Netflix next month. The date will be announced, I believe the date's being announced today. It's called Luckiest Girl Alive. And um, it was the movie that we were making in Canada when we dropped Stoner Cats. So the, this movie and our, our Web3 experience feel really inextricably tied. Um, it's not a movie for everybody, but it's something that we're really proud of creatively. And um, one of the most kind of, the, that, that summer while with making this movie and doing Stoner Cats was kind of most the creative, um, critically satisfying time of my life. And so those things really feel tied together. So. Take a peek at that. Well, definitely gonna check out and, and best of luck on the Netflix um, launch and Lisa. And um, okay, so I would like to give the shout out um, combining Neocon with Autopus Network. Um, so come and check out um, Neocon and the Autopus booth and also obviously come to our boat event and you're all welcome. Um, and I would like to also give a shout out to um, all these GameFi projects in the Autopus um, ecosystem. Uh, we have obviously Portalverse that I, I, I just mentioned, um, and please check our website. We have all these details about it, and and also um, Yogay, which is a Web3 yoga app combining GameFi and SocialFi, and Mixverse, an open metaverse system that combines VR, AR, IoT, and gameplay, and also Horizon Land. Um, a multi-esport um, metaverse ecosystem. So a lot of things going on. Um, just just check our website, autoverse.network and also Autoverse Accelerator. Thank you. Back to you, David. Brilliant, folks. Thank you all so much for your time today. You've been excellent. If you want to learn more about Web3 Gaming with Nia, check out Nia's YouTube channel where you can watch our latest panel with Sasha, Vivi, and Lisa. Um, if you want to listen back to this, it is recorded. Don't worry, you can listen to it as many times as you want. One final thing from me. Thank you so much to each and every one of our panelists today. Thank you so much for each and every one of you who came out to listen. And I hope to see you at Neocon 2022. <laughs>
September 11th to 14th in Lisbon. Grab your tickets on neocon.org. We'll talk about gaming even more there than we did on this panel as well. Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you.